You're listening to the Power Gold Podcast, bringing you the latest tips, tricks, and strategies for making gold in World of Warcraft. I'm your host, Jim Youngkin, and now, on with the show! Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Power Gold Podcast. This is episode number 93. I am Jim Youngkin, of course, from Power Word Gold. If you want to find more from the blog, head over to powerwordgold.net. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, all Power Word Gold. You can also find our live streams by heading over to twitch.tv slash jimyunkin. Also, we'd like to, or we, we are proud to, I am proud to, I'm trying to trying to start to use the first person. I am Jim Youngkin from Powered Gold. <laughs> I'm proud to announce that I uh, opened up a new gold-making forum this week. So you can find that gold-making forum by heading over to poweredgold.net, looking for the forum forums link at the top of the page. There's an embedded version. And there's also a link out to the full version, which is at bidfiddlers.com bid b-i-d fiddlers f-i-d-d-l-e-r-s dot com so the bid fiddlers bid fiddlers is a new gold making forum that i set up and mainly what i want for that is just a nice relaxing place where intelligent gold makers old and new experienced and inexperienced can meet together and uh congregate and chat and I'd like I'd love to have a lot of discussion specifically about warlords of Draenor on that forum but there's lots of there's a few different sections there for add-ons markets professions garrisons um so and warlords of Draenor so head on over sign up it's free absolutely free head over sign up at bidfiddlers.com um and yeah Go ahead and, and join us. There's already people there. We've we've been having some fun, lively chats. So, okay, so that's the kind of the news and announcements there. Um, okay, so I had a few topics that I wanted to talk about today, and I'm just gonna start going down these lists of items because I kind of feel like one of the great things about this podcast is that it's kind of my. Experience experience going through Warlords of Draenor and experiencing it, and as you guys have been listening to the shows since the expansions have been released, you've heard my own understanding of them expand and everything, so. But um, I wanted to talk a little bit about, first, how the landscape of gold making has changed. This is something that I think anybody who was a serious gold maker before this expansion has kind of come up against. And I've definitely heard it from a lot of people um, who, you know, say, for example, I've been gone since Cataclysm or are coming back to the game and they're like, wow, this is way different. <laughs> and so um, I've talked about this a few other times on the show. The, the main thing in my mind that's different is the garrisons, but not just the garrisons, I think. It's basically what the garrisons represent and how they've changed professions. Um, and 
this kind of brings me on. So, so the landscape is different. There's not necessarily tons of shuffles. There's not necessarily, you know, tons of, well, I don't want to say there's not tons of ore on the auction house, but the ability to get through that ore is hard. And that's going to actually lead me on to my next topic, which is my theory, my hypothesis about the way a lot of the stuff that was in Warlords or Drainer was set up the way it was. And I've talked about this on my blog a few other times. But this is, you could call this like the theory of Blizzard disincentivizing bots. So for people that don't know, a bot is a, well, it's a player that has a little program running that automatically controls their character to go around and do stuff. Mostly it's like mining nodes and uh, of herbs and ore. And then they sell that on the auction house. And then it used to be that they would sell that on the auction house. Gold makers or other players would buy it up and that bot would get gold, which they would then sell to a gold seller. And so I don't think that Blizzard liked this. Blizzard doesn't like it when you play the game without actually interacting with it. They probably don't... Well, I don't want to say that they don't like the way it affects the economy, but because they do ban bots in the past, but... I think that this was like a final solution from Blizzard. Like, what can we do? We we can find the bots, we can ban the bots, but because people still buy the ore off the auction house, they can just make a new account and make new bots. So my theory is that with the inclusion of the garrison mines early, very, very early on, said 92, and then also the herb gardens to a lesser extent, Blizzard has done a, a few things. So in the old days... The bots could sell ore on the auction house to make gold, so they would farm the go- the the ore or the herbs and sell on the auction house, get the gold and sell the gold to the gold seller. There was a demand for ore and herbs because you could shuffle them by using jewel crafting and enchanting and and various other professions to turn basically take raw ore that you bought for one price, do some conversions on it, and then get out of that another price. A higher price. As far as I know, there's no such thing as a shuffle in this expansion. Not not the way it was in the past, where you could buy up literally hundreds of stacks of ore and disenchant or prospect it, make jewelry disenchant it, or um, make it into armor, or you know just make it into armor and disenchant it, or whatever. So there's no way to convert there's not as many ways to convert or no ways to convert so therefore gold makers don't have the ability to process a ton of ore so they're not buying a ton of ore plus all the players that have garrisons which is pretty much almost every player in the game that's over level 92 i guess for the for the um mine has a good supply of ore at least and and not only that but if they don't need the ore, they can sell it on the auction house. So essentially, Blizzard flooded the market with ore, but not from bots, but they flooded the market with from everybody. And in addition, it's very hard to gather. I took my herbalist out. Granted, she's only 93, but I tried to go out and I thought, well, I need 35 frostweed for my daily level one profession building of alchemy. Two hours later, almost, 
I had that. I had like 40. I got like two herbs from each one, and it was just not a fun experience. You see a node, but it's up on a cliff, so you got to go around. You got mobs everywhere. You can't fly, therefore, gathering is much more difficult. Um, I'm not going to say gathering will never be valuable. I'm actually having some fun gathering on my paladin, who is a miner. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but. So, bots don't have... They're disincentivized because, for one, nobody's going to buy their ore because everybody has their own supply. Two, there's nobody that's going to buy a ton of ore because there's no shuffle. So, and I don't know. Maybe only Blizzard would ever know if this is why, why they made this. I could just be... You know, this is obviously just a theory. But because Blizzard has been focusing on trying to disincentivize or get rid of bots, it also overlaps into harming if you want to consider it that or affecting gold making markets because the gold making markets whether we like it or not and whether we want to admit it or not a lot of times in the past expansions had tied into a, a steady supply of cheap ore so a lot of gold making techniques in the past relied upon the fact that you either found farmers to get your ore or you you got out off the auction house or it was like going to always be available which is funny because there already is a cheap supply of ore on the auction house right now for war for warlords, but there's nothing to do with it. There's there's no you know there's like two parts. There's the supply and then there's the demand. Right now, there's almost no demand for ore off the auction house because get people are getting their own. Um, the only time I've been actually buying ore off the auction house was well, I tried a little bit when they nerfed down the cool the the supply, but. I just get it on characters that are just starting out their garrisons, for example. So level 91s who are trying to level to 92 so they can open up their mine if they have buildings that um, take ore. And I'll get to buildings in a little bit. Okay, so let's see. For the garrisons, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about. So that's my theory about Blizzard disincentivizing bots with the design purposefully with the design of garrisons and different things like that. So garrisons effects on gold making is the next topic I wanted to talk about. And I think I had an experience today when I was playing and April was playing. April's my wife. We were both playing and she's like, Oh, I'm so excited. That's cool. What's this? And I'm like, Oh, you, you do the cooldowns for engineering and you get a little token and you can turn that token in for a pattern. She's like, oh, what pattern should I get? And she's like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. These are pets and other things. And then she's like, well, this takes a hundred, only takes a hundred gear sprung parts or gear spring parts. And she's like, this one takes 30 and this one takes 50. And I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, you know, that 31 should take you, oh, I don't know, like should take you, you know, like a week. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, I said, think back. I said, do you remember in, and this is actually for everybody to think about, if you did engineering in Mista Pandaria, you will remember that there was something called, called Jard's Peculiar Energy Source. You had to do a little quest to go out onto a little island, and then you'd get this. This was a daily cooldown. You would take some ore or bars, and you would convert it once a day. When you had 15 of these, you could make a pet. And when you had 30 of these, you could make a mount. The uh, um, 
the robot, like the, and my mind's drawing a blank right now. You guys are all saying what it was. Sky Gollum. Okay. So log in every day, do this cooldown. Once you have these mats and there was a few other professions. I'm trying to think of other professions that had similar ones. Um, I think inscription had like scrolls of wisdom and I think blizzard liked that idea for some reason. So they took the jarred peculiar energy source and the scroll of wisdom idea. Cause in an inscription, you would do this cooldown every day and then you would use, there would be soul bound. So it's a cooldown that you do every day. It's soul bound. And then you, um, make those into materials. They took that and they or make those into items. They took that and they pretty much spread it across all professions. So, they did nerf or change or remove some of these cooldown mats or soulbound mats, cooldown soulbound mats from some of the earlier like blue items and stuff. But if my wife wants to make a pet or if she wants to make any of those engineering items, she needs those. Now, there are things you can do to augment it. So you can actually. Getting your buildings... Okay, so here's here's something. Um, getting your buildings... Let's see. I talked about this on the last podcast, so I'm not going to go back over it. Having work orders, you start out with 7 at Tier 1 of a profession building. 14 you can queue in the 3rd, and 21 you can queue in the 4th. But that doesn't speed up the acquisition of... Um, that doesn't speed up the acquisition of work orders. It just means you can queue them up for a longer period into the future and not have to log back in as often. Now, the one thing that you can do to get more work orders is to have a follower that has the trait for that profession building at your building. And then it starts off, I think, at a 50% chance for them to make an extra work order. And then it goes up from there to a 100% chance if they're level 100. So if you have a leveled up follower with the trait that's leveled up to 100 and you put them in your building, you will then get double work orders. So for example, I have a leather worker who's level 100. I did 14 work orders, which would normally have given me 14 hardened hides or whatever they are, but I got 28. So that's a pretty huge boost. Uh, and I'm definitely going to look into having that and you can add followers like that at tier two. So I'm definitely going to start looking into trying to make sure I have followers and get them leveled up. But then again, now blizzards tying you into the garrison system. So getting back to my wife, making hers, she could make it or she could make it twice as fast if she ended up leveling up a, a person and putting them in the building. But all in all, that idea of going back to the peculiar energy source on an engineer and you wait 15 days and then you can make a pet or you have to wait 30 days and then you can make a mount. Well, this isn't exactly the same because 30 garrison resources you can get, if it takes four hours to get one resource, 24 hours would be, what, six resources you can get in 24 hours. So you can get six resources if you have 
that would mean it'd take you five days to make the 30 items you need for the pet. Now, you can cut that in half if you have a follower that's level 100, so then you're right around. And if I'm wrong about this, I apologize. This is just my own personal experience. Uh, you could cut it down to like two and a half days. So five days or two and a half days for a pet. Um, if you're making four, if you're making six a day, sorry, five days, yeah. So if you're making six, anyways, six, um, and then like you need to make a hundred level item. Uh, my math is bad. So <laughs> it's going to take you a little bit less than eight days or nine or be eight or nine days to make the 58 level item and, and you get the point. I'm not going to do the math right now, but you can see how that go. So if you're needing those work orders, make sure that you have a follower that's level hundred with the skill on your at least level two, but all of this, and I realized this the other day, all of this is this, I'm, I'm working, I'm working really hard on my garrisons. Do you want to know how many items I've actually created with a cool bound, cool down, cool bound. That's a new word I just invented. <laughs> it's a cool bound mat. It's a cool down soul bound mat. I'm going to, I'm going to trademark that 2014 Jim Yunkin cool bound, um, a cool bound material, uh, or essentially work order material, but you can actually, Oh, I forgot. You can actually do those as a daily cooldown on your own character if you have the profession. So my math is off cause you can get those too, but cool bound items essentially, I don't know what to make with them. So I, I'm spending all this energy doing all these work orders, but I'm not actually using the work order resources for anything. And I've had this problem in the past. Um, it's like a compulsion to do the daily cooldown to s make it seem like you're doing something, but then you don't actually do anything. I probably have cloth from multiple characters from Mr. Pandaria where I would have tailors that would do their tailoring cooldown every day. I would have stacks of that cloth and I would almost never build anything with them. So the compulsion to complete a task is actually stronger than the gold making desire to actually use those materials to make money. And this is where I'm sitting now. I have all these garrison buildings. I'm building all these work orders, but I don't even know what I'm going to use any of those mats for. Cause I don't raid, I don't PVP. And this is probably the crux of what most people that are listening to this are thinking, well, what do I use it? And I know that Steed has some spreadsheets that will allow you to, if you have Microsoft Office or Microsoft Excel, to be able to get data from, I mean, I'm sure it's great. I can't access it because I don't have Microsoft Office. But um, if you want to buy me Microsoft Office, let me know. Um, but uh, his spreadsheets are kind of giving him an idea, I guess, on what's valuable to craft. Because what you happen is you get, like, let's just say you get 50 of these cool bound items these, these get these, um, work order items. Now what do you build? <laughs> so I'm in step one, which is building a bunch of stuff. I don't know what step two is going to be, but step three, hopefully is going to be profit. Right? So I think that I'm actually enjoying the mat, the, uh, how do you describe it? I'm enjoying the, let me just check something here. I'm enjoying the 
routine of doing work orders and getting mats for them and all that. But I haven't actually figured out what the end game is as far as what I'm actually going to use. And I don't think, given how much time and energy it's spending to make the cooldown items and to make even daily cooldowns, which I don't even really do on my characters, I always forget. I'm going to doubt that I'm going to be able to get enough money out of it to to equal what. Now, I don't know. Maybe that's not true. I haven't got to that part yet, but that's the key. Like are we more am I more let's see. Am I more having more fun building the materials but never actually worrying about making gold off of it? And if so, I'm not necessarily making gold. I'm actually spending gold, especially if you're leveling up your buildings and you're spending $1500 or 1000 or 1500 gold or 1000 gold on mat, on plans. So, I don't have a good answer for you yet. I wish I did. There's other people out there that are trying. I know Steve's out there trying to figure it out. But, and I'm sure there are people making plenty of gold out there. But I just don't happen to be in that boat yet. And I'm having more fun just playing around and learning how everything works. I wish I had a better answer for you. So, I just wanted to talk a little bit now about leveling garrisons. Um... I think I talked a little bit about this maybe in the past, but essentially what I've started doing is I use a WoWhead guide on WoWhead.com about how to get through the quest chain to open up your garrison tier 2 building before you're level 92. And on the Alliance and on the Horde, there are great guides for doing this quest and this quest and this quest. Now, I've memorized these now that I've done these like three times on the... I think I did it three or four times in a day. It takes about two hours on the Alliance and a little bit longer on the Horde. But you have to go through this, just these specific quest chains, and then you get this quest to to upgrade your garrison even before you level ninety two. At if you don't do this, and you turn ninety two, then I think you can still get the option to upgrade it. But you can't open up your mind to level ninety two. So what you probably want to do is go through this quest chain. If you have alts, go through these quest chains. So go through the starter zone. Get your first gear at garrison. Go through just the quests that you need to get your second tier garrison. Start build, um, start um, building your buildings and getting your garrison resources and everything. Level your character up to 92. Open up your mine. Immediately buy the upgrade for your mine for 500 gold. There's the vendor that's right next to the table. And then now you'll have a tier 2 mine and you'll have your profession buildings. So... Yeah, make sure you do that on your alts. Doesn't take that long, honestly. I think all in all, it probably takes about four hours on the Alliance and maybe a little bit longer on the Horde to get your Tier 2 garrison. So any of your level 90s that are just sitting around, take a day, do one or two a week, and just get them to their Tier 2 garrison, and then you can spend another hour or so getting them to 92 and get their uh, second level mine. All right, buildings. I'm going to try to talk about buildings a few at a time. I'm not I'm not going to like have a schedule and like okay, on this episode we're going to talk about this and this. I'm just going to try to talk about buildings because I've had a lot of fun. Buildings in a way are a lot like characters for some reason. They're kind of each one has their own personality. And one of the things I've noticed for myself is when I'm thinking about garrison buildings, a lot of times I think about what materials are they going to take and do I have a good supply of those, which I don't know if that's the best way to think about profession buildings for garrisons, but that's kind of how I do. If, for example, I built an enchanting building, but I didn't have a trading post, 
or an alt with a trading post, I don't know if I would want that because Draenic Dust is going to be kind of hard to come by unless I had a trading post. And if I had a trading post, I could get them on the days when there was 20 resources for 5, which I do on one of my characters. Or I could disenchant green items, but those are kind of expensive and I'd rather sell those. Or, you know, so Draenic Dust is just not a really good supply of it. Same thing for herbs, but although herbs you can buy from the trading post as well. So each one has secondary little availabilities, but let me give you an example. So I have a paladin who is a miner and a tailor. Weird story, but she loves flying carpets. So, uh, but because I had mining, I didn't know what else. I had like a free profession building because I made a tailoring tailoring one and then I was like what should I do and I'm like well what mats are fairly easy and I'm like well ore is fairly easy for me to get so maybe I can either make a jewel crafter which takes black rock ore a a um, forge which is blacksmithing that takes two iron ore or I could do engineering which takes both so and I was like well she is a paladin so I'll go ahead and make a blacksmith because why not she's going to have pretty cheap mats she can possibly make herself some items and yeah I don't know so I did tailoring and I did blacksmithing because tailoring was a little bit tricky because I know that getting cloth is a little tricky and I'm going to talk about that in a second but um that's just a little thoughts on buildings, profession buildings. So I've kind of been guided mainly by how easy it is to get mats. That might not be the best route. It could be that like, well, you always want to get this profession building because it's going to make you so much gold or you can sell this. And that's what a lot of gold makers I think are focusing on. But the building I wanted to talk about today was um, stables. I finally built a stable. I built it on my Paladin Miner, Paladin Miner Tailor. And the first tier bonus is the ability to, um, uh, the ability to, I think there's ability to get mounts, although I don't know, I did a daily quest where I got some garrison resources, but you have the ability to interact with objects and warlords without getting off your mount, which is pretty cool. So I could like pick up quest items or I can mine or, um, yeah, mine without getting off my mount, which is kind of cool. At tier 3, you get like a 20% speed bonus to your mount, which is going to be kind of nice. I think they're kind of tailoring that towards the uh, gatherers, but even though most people think gatherers are kind of screwed in this expansion, and I just did mention that earlier in the show, but it's not as bad, it seems like, for mining. Okay, there's been a lot of talk about gathering and how it's dying, because mainly the mining and the... um, the mine in the garrisons. And I do agree that mining is probably not a very practical profession, especially because you can pick up ore for like one gold. However, that said, I don't mind having mining on my character. She goes around, she gets some ore. So while I'm leveling around, it's not bad. I don't know. It's weird. Like it seems like your garrison buildings a lot of times seem like a little bit more valuable than your actually profession. Because having the profession really only gets you a slight bonus in your 
cool bound items. I was trying to remember what my word was, cool bound items. But I don't know, I could be wrong. So I don't think it's hurting her to have mining, and I'm just going to leave it. But if you're a really big miner, or really big gatherer, you might try stables. Also, if you have a sky golem and you're an herbalist, you can also pick herbs without getting out of your mound. So that's cool. Cloth prices have been surprising me, actually. I looked these up while I was on my live stream because I was thinking about building a tailoring building. And initially, when I was in the expansion, I was thinking, oh, man, this cloth just drops like crazy from everything. It's obviously not going to be very valuable. Uh, no. It is very valuable. Whereas ore is in, at, like, one gold a piece. Herbs are, like, two to three to four to f so gold a piece. Cloth on my server is six gold a piece. Uh, very interesting. <laughs> so when I was looking at p building my paladins buildings, I get, did a tailoring one and I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to always be able to go out in the world to kill beasts and get enough cloth. And I'm like, aha, but I can make a stable or a barn. I can make a barn and I can trap wolves and I can make cloth. And there's a ton of wolves right outside the Horde garrison down in that little canyon. So, And I went and trapped so much easier than Alliance. Or sorry, so much easier than trapping leather, which is what I do on my other Horde character when I have to fly all the way over. Although, I'm going to keep looking around for some other places. I saw some places with some bulls or some... Um, I don't know. I just fly to Stormspire and drop down into that little gal uh, gully area there. So, Barn can actually make cloth, so... I just thought it was interesting that cloth prices have been so stable. I don't know why. I'm guessing because people are using them maybe now for the cloth items that are the blue items. So if they make a tailoring building, they can, if they don't have tailoring, they can make these blue items. They're not very valuable, but that might be why. The other reason I think is because it actually takes some effort to get cloth. You have to either kill a mob and have it drop, which I don't know if they drop specifically from animals. I would actually have to look more into that. Kill a mob, have it to drop, or go trap some animals and use your barn. And I did look into leather. Leather's dropped down a little bit. It's like four gold on my server. So leather is very similar, but um, my leather worker has like 21 slots now, so... I do need a lot of trapped animals, but my paladin, who is a tailor, is going to probably be using is going to be using the barn to help keep her cloth supply up. So this gets into one of my last topics I wanted to talk about, which is passive play versus active play. And I think I first heard this from Steed on his podcast, but basically, Activities and gathering materials can kind of fall into two main categories, active play and passive play. Passive play is like things that aren't don't take that much effort, like going down into your mine and mining all the nodes, and then going to your herb garden and herbing all your gardens, or herbing all, gardening, all, getting all your herbs. So both of those things don't really take much effort. Now, on the other hand, going and skinning animals or killing animals to get drops or tagging trees to get cut down for lumber um, or trapping animals for either leather or cloth. These are all things that you need to actually spend time out in the world doing. 
And I think it even gets worse if you're barn and you're doing Savage Bloods and stuff like that, because you got to trap more elite stuff. But if you have a lumber mill, you can't just log in, spend five minutes running around, and then turn in your work orders and be done. You actually have to go out in the world. If you want to get a lot of cloth, you can't just log in, run down into a little area, collect a bunch of cloth, and then come back out. You have to actually go. Now, it might not, it might take maybe 10 minutes or 15 minutes more to get those, to trap all those animals, but I just thought that was interesting. Passive versus active. And that's why I think the pricing on cloth and leather has stayed higher because it takes more energy. Okay, let's see. All right, the last thing is. What did I write down here? Uh, the value of garrison resources. On the live stream I did last night, I was just like, for fun, just busted out a little spreadsheet and was talking to people and saying, okay, let's calculate out how much this particular item is worth. This particular garrison resource is worth. So, for example, I was doing, I think it was one of the... Um, <laughs> it was one of the herbs, so I needed five herbs to turn in to get 30 resources. Now, it happened to be that day that there's also potentially, I think the vendor was there that was cheaper, but it might not have been. So... What I did was I did all the math on the spreadsheet to say how much does each... If I buy the herbs for one one gold 90, which I think was the price, and I bought enough herbs to do all these turn-ins, how much would I be spending per garrison resource? And it turned out that after you did all the math, so take how many herbs you need, multiply it by the price, see how many garrison resources you're going to get in return, divide, uh, then divide that by... Uh, divide the price by the garrison resources. Anyways, it turned out to be about 30 gold I was spending per garrison resource. So to get those garrison resources, I was spending 30 gold. Now, if yet this is all with the trading post. So turning buying from the auction house, the amount of herbs I needed to trade in and get 30 garrison resources for five herbs turned out to be 30, 30 gold I was spending per garrison resource. And then I did some math where I figured out, well, let's just say that you're selling, you're, you're using those garrison resources that you quote-unquote bought to buy a, a more expensive material. And I think I used um, sumptuous fur, which is the cloth. If, for example, I could buy five sumptuous cloth with with 20 garrison resources that I had earned and then sold those on the auction house for the price that was the current market price, which is like around six gold, I would be making 1.2 or so gold per garrison resource. So I'm spending 30, I'm spending 30 silver per garrison resource. And I'm actually, if I sold the items, I'm getting, um, one gold, like, I think it was one gold 50, maybe. I don't know. My math is, it was last night. 
I was earning right around one gold 20 per garrison resource if I did that kind of like little, I don't know, I guess you could call it a shuffle, but it kind of reminds me a little bit of the Iron Paw shuffle where you buy things, turn them in, in and Mr. Pandaria, get the token, take, take the token and buy the other item and then sell the other item on the auction house. So I'm not saying this is some great gold making technique or anything. I'm just saying that it's interesting to put a value. I would love to hear from you guys. Go ahead and send in to PowerWordGold at Yahoo.com. Other ways you can directly convert garrison resources into money. And that would be interesting because that might have some potential. Um, But then again, garrison resources always take time too. So it's not like you can... I mean, you still have to get the garrison resources somehow and Getting garrison resources always involves time. <laughs> Even if it's trading in, it's like I said you could trade. I said you could trade in, buy the herbs at the one one gold ninety, and then, tr- you know, trade those in, and then I guess maybe that's an easier way to look at it. So, well, you get thirty. Anyways, I'm not. Can you keep talking about that? But no matter what, it's still going to take four hours to get thirty garrison resources. So your time still is involved. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about is a price floor for garrison resources. Now, this is, I don't know, this is just a small theory. I'm not going to talk much about it. In the past, though, we had what we would call price floors for certain mats, meaning there was an absolute drop-dead price. And I'm going to talk about early cataclysm. In early cataclysm, you could vendor green gems for 90 silver. Or is it nine gold? Maybe it was nine gold a stack. Anyways, there was some mistake that they had made. So basically, if you prospected them and sold, just sold the gems to the vendor, let's just say you got 30 gold, for example, right? I don't know if that's accurate. It was a long time ago. But essentially what that meant was that as long as you... Like, if you could always get 30 gold from the vendor for a stack of ore, you could always buy all the ore up that was right around 30 gold and know that you're not going to lose any money. So, that's a price floor. And I don't know if this actually equates quite to garrison resources, but because garrison resources are stuck to each character, and unless every single one of your characters has a trading post... Not everybody's going to be able to actually utilize garrison resources. But it could be interesting to kind of gauge how we do different things and get different garrison resources and what and you know what we actually spend. Although it's still going to actually be time. So I don't know. That's a pretty half-baked idea, and I'm running out of time. So I'm just going to go ahead and wrap it up here. So thanks again for listening to this episode of the Powered Gold Podcast. Let's see. Yeah about 38 minutes. Um, I, I've been hearing a lot of people um, talking about, especially people that are coming back, you know, talking about the economy. And I think a lot of the economy has changed. And I think, for me, definitely this expansion has had the biggest complete change of kind of how gold making works from any other expansion going from Warlords to Cataclysm, Cataclysm to Mr. Pandaria, they've all been similar variations on, you know, things we've done in the past, but this one definitely has a lot of differences. So I think it's 
tamping down on quote unquote gold making. And I think that the reason is where the power used to reside in just a few people for being able to convert these materials, get the mats and all that stuff and make this. Now it's spread to all players. So if I'm a player that's a paladin that has tailoring and mining and I want to be able to make myself some blacksmithing items, well, I'll just make a blacksmithing building. And I can make a lot of the mats right around the same time I can build the building. So maybe I would just do that rather than going to the auction house. So the auction house volume's definitely probably down. People wanting the items are probably down. But I don't think that it's not that there'll be no ways to make Golden World of Warcraft. It's just we have to just change our minds about how it's going to be done. And maybe even reset our expectations. So, All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this show. Thanks again for listening to episode 93 of the Power Gold podcast. If you'd like to give us questions, comments, confusions, you can send those to powerwordgold at yahoo.com. If you'd like to do guest posts for Power Word Gold, you can also send those to powerwordgold at yahoo.com. Include your ti- the title of the post, your post text, any images that you need to go in the post, and um, your pseudonym uh, or public name. Uh, these are submissions, so not every po- not every guest post uh, will be accepted, but feel free. I'd love to have more of your guys' thoughts on gold making up on Powerword Gold. And also head over to bidfiddlers.com or head to powerwordgold.net. Look for the forums link at the top and join the new gold making forums where we'll be discussing Warlords of Draenor, Garrisons, and all that kind of stuff. As always, you can find us at powerwordgold.net. YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter are all Powerword Gold. Head over and like us, or sorry, subscribe to us on our Twitch TV channel, which is twitch.tv slash jimyunkin. I guess they're just called Twitch channels. Y-O-U-N-K-I-N for that. And, uh, yeah, hit, hit us up on Twitter. We're very active during the week. Our time is more limited, but Twitter or Facebook posts are a great way to interact with me during the week. So if you have questions, just send me a mention on Twitter or post it up on uh, Facebook. Facebook, I don't notice it as often, so if it takes a day or so for me to get back to you, let me know. But Twitter, pretty pretty uh i get usually get those answered within you know not very long so all right thanks everybody for listening and uh i'll see you next time bye bye